Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join the editors of Consumer Guide Automotive as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews. Shopping tips. Driving green. Electric cars. Classic cars. And plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Tom Appel. All right. I am Tom Appel, and this is episode 100 of the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Please check us out at ConsumerGuide.com. While you're there, check out our Best Buy Picks. This list is an excellent starting place if you are looking for a new car or truck. You will also want to check out our blog for complete reviews of all the vehicles we're driving here at Consumer Guide and a bunch of other fun stuff. And you can catch up on back episodes of the Car Stuff Podcast right there on our homepage. All right, let's see who's online with us today. She is the managing editor of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk, and her freelance work can be found all over the Internet. Happy 100th, Jill. Woohoo! I'm feeling like a very spry 100. <laughs> you look spry. Good, good. I, you know, I only hope that I can look this good uh, at my actual 100. <laughs> so I, I hate to be a downer, especially in our 100th episode, but I have a piece uh, of bad news. Oh, I don't like bad news. Can you count? T- tell me good news first. I can't. I got bad news. I got to deal with it. Oh, okay. Go with it. I'll spin See, it. You know how much I dislike the word trunk. I do, in fact. For people who don't know, that is the front trunk. Uh, you find them on EVs because you no longer have gasoline engines hiding under the hoods of cars. So sometimes there's space there. We've been calling it the trunk. Do you know, Jill? And this is horrifying. Do you know what they call trunks in Britain? Um, I do, actually. Uh, do you want me to spill it, or would you like to, to share the good news? Because I actually think this is fun and funny. If you, if you say it, I don't have to. All right. Fruit. It's a fruit. <laughs> oh, God. I was watching videos last night, and I heard fruit three times. So that is a front boot for people not in the know, and it's horrifying. So here's the good news for you. The even better news, because I think fruit is good news. I think that's hilarious. But here's the even better news for you. The fact that not all EVs have a fruit or a frunk. That's true. Or a frunk. Yes. Not all of them have it. So so there you go. You did. You did, in fact, say it. But only in the the interest of news. Yes. All right. There's my bad news. All right, he's the senior editor here at Consumer Guide, and his one-man show, Damon, all caps, is now available on YouTube. Hello, Damon Bell. You forgot there's an exclamation point on that, too. I actually wrote it. Exclamation point. I actually wrote it with this. The exclamation point is super important. So I was not aware, uh, it makes perfect sense, front boot becomes fruit. So obviously then it's spelled... F R O O T, right? Like Fruit Loops. Like Fruit Loops. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the first thing. First thing that pops into my head. <laughs> Toucan yeah. Sam's never far from my thoughts, though. Yes. <laughs> and, and it, we're not too far after after breakfast when we record this. So. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Hey Damon, I was being fitted for a new dinner jacket during practice and was a little distracted. What's on the show today? <laughs> Uh, did you have? Is it going to have a pocket square? What occasion are you going to wear a dinner jacket to? You're not a dinner jacket kind of guy. I know. I was going to say, which shorts are you wearing them with? <laughs> I just wanted to have one. Okay. 
Okay, that's fine. You can have that. You, I'll let Gee. you have that. <laughs> we, we've uh, we've got a good show. We've got a great guest today. Uh, he's one of our old friends who used to be one of us, but now he's the. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll we'll mention that to him as well. Uh, we've got James Bell on the show today. He used to be a journalist, but now he's the head of public public relations for Kia Motors America, and we're going to talk to James about Kia's. Uh, all new pure electric vehicle that's called the EV6. Um, that's coming out early next year, so we're going to get the scoop from James on that. But for the first segment, uh, a couple new products uh, were unveiled recently at the Motor Bella show in uh, the Detroit area, actually at the M1 Concourse facility in Pontiac, Michigan. They had uh, bad rain that sort of put a damper on the press days of this event, which is sort of a replacement in some ways for the Detroit Auto Show uh, that used to happen in January. But two new vehicles uh, were uh, made their public debuts, that, debuts there, and that is the 2022 Ford Expedition. A lot of updates uh, for the Expedition, and then the all-new redesigned uh, Toyota Tundra. So, let's talk about the Expedition first. Did yeah. you guys see what's going on with that? Read okay. a little bit about it. For people who don't know, this is their big. This is Ford's big SUV. This takes on the the Chevrolet uh, Suburban, the Chevrolet Tahoe, on uh, the GMC Yukon. Those vehicles, and it's a big money maker for Ford. For sure. And of course, those General Motors rivals were redesigned last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the Expedition wasn't very that successfully. all very successfully. So, yeah, that's the the super large plus size SUV segment. A uh, lot of strong competitors there, and the Expedition itself. I believe it was 2018 that that was redesigned from the ground up, uh, very successfully as well. So this is what we call a mid-cycle refresh and it's a fairly substantial one uh one of the things there's two new uh special edition trims one is an off-road focused version called the timberline mm -hmm. uh we recall the explorer also got a, a timberline version as well that's enhanced for rough knit off-road driving and then in the opposite direction there's the stealth edition which is more of a street performance uh trim level with uh sport suspension red brake calipers 22 inch wheels kind of a street performance look both of those did you see the engine upgrade for that both those yes. those versions 440 horsepower yep that's some serious uh, horsepower. That's some serious out of a, a turbo V6. So um, there, I think those updates and there's a, lots of other stuff too. A big infotainment screen that is basically lifted from the Mustang Mach E, yeah. um, and then it will also get the Blue Ford's Blue Cruise uh, semi-autonomous driver aid feature will be available as well, hands-free driving. So lots of updates to the 2022 Expedition. I, I am struck by the contradiction of calling something the size of a condominium stealth, but, <laughs> but it's well, you, awfully cool, actually. 
Well, you know, whenever I see the word stealth or camouflage, um, did you guys ever see the movie Good Morning Vietnam? Uh, with sure. uh, Robin Williams, I always have that little bit in my head of, "Well, you're wearing camouflage. I can't see you." And so, like, whenever I see stealth, I just have a little Robin Williams, you know, voice in my head. I can't see you. Yeah, the, and it's part of the whole. Uh, should should we wager on an expiration date for blackout trim and black wheels going out of fashion? Because it's know. it's it's been a hot trend for a while now, and it shows mm-hmm. no signs of slowing down. But do you think it's going to? Or are we just permanently? <laughs> I think we're I think we're permanently gonna, permanently going to get that, gonna and it'll be called it. different things from different automakers. Let's all call this, but I'm going to say towards the end of 2023. <sighs> I wasn't prepared to really think about this. <laughs> yeah. No, I brought it up, and I wasn't really prepared to think. Um, I'm going to say early 24. I'm going to do the Price is Right strategy there. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't Price is Right strategy. I'm going to say the year 3000. Okay, Jill's bullish on the future of black. <laughs> I'm bullish trim. on the feed. Well, so, you know, I just came back from the Lexus NX program, and they don't call it a blacked out package, but their F-Sport package has that blacked out treatment. What's it called? Mm-hmm. F- the F-Sport um, the, oh, the Lexus and X. I thought yeah. you said Escort package. I'm like, what is yeah. that? <laughs> it's an Escort package. No, the F-Sport. So then that has the grill, the wheels, the, the dark chrome. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Yeah, the Lexus NX, for people who don't know, is, is Lexus's compact crossover. And it hasn't sold very well for Lexus. We'll be talking about that vehicle probably on a future show. But it's one of those vehicles that, that has been sort of under the radar. And Lexus does so darn well with its RX midsize crossover that almost nothing else that will light up yeah. <laughs> seems to get attention. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so there is a uh, okay. yeah, lo- yeah, just lots going on. Lots going on with the Expedition, but... Frankly, the bigger news that yeah. uh, in product unveilings is the all-new 2022 Toyota Tundra. Yes. And I was a little surprised. This is only the third generation of Toyota's full-size Tundra pickup truck. Uh, they get a lot of mileage out of uh, a design, but this one is all new. The biggest yeah. news, no more V8 power. It's mm-hmm. turbo and hybrid turbo V6s, mm-hmm. uh, all new uh, frame and a rear coil uh, rear suspension. So some pretty significant engineering changes there. You know, well, the, and another... the V6, go ahead, Joe. Oh, no, you're going to go with the engine, so go for that. I just wanted to say that, that it sounds like a big deal that there isn't a V8. And if you're trying to compete yeah. with the big Detroit 3 trucks, you have to have a V8. But the fact is, Ford sells more turbocharged V6s than they do V8 engines anyway. So Ford has been very successful with this strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also want to point out that this turbo, the, the, the V6 engine with the, the iForce Max is what they're calling it with the hybrid um, combination. That's a lot of name. I know. I, I, I will never remember. I'm just going to be calling it the Tundra Hybrid. But um, the Tundra iForce Max version um, has more horsepower with its V6 than the V8s from Ford, Chevy, and Ram. So And, and, and a crazy amount of torque as well. Mm-hmm. It's four, more torque as well. Yeah, 437 horsepower, 583 pound-feet of torque. And that because of the electric motor and that low end torque i think that peak torque comes on at something like 2400 rpm which is yeah right mm-hmm. where you want it down low so very impressive stats there 
Well, we haven't seen fuel economy numbers, have we? No, and that's what I'm very, very curious to see what those yeah. are going to be. And, and we heard that um, they actually tuned the hybrid version of this engine to operate more like a diesel. Um, hmm. Because we had speculated that there would be a diesel version of the Tundra because we saw some patent filings. But come to find out, I think the patent filings were actually for this hybrid engine, talking about how they were tuning it to act more like a diesel. What does that mean, Jill? Um, just the, the idea that basically what Damon just said about the, the, low, the, lo, the low end torque. So the torque kicking in, um, you know, better, like, like a diesel would kick in. So um, expect uh, better acceleration, better fuel economy, you know, like you would get from a diesel. And that also means there should be better towing there, too. Yeah, and you need that torque at low RPMs if you're going to do mm -hmm. any serious towing. Or carry yeah. a big load up a hill or something like that. Yeah, yeah, super interesting stuff here. People may not remember, but Tacoma's never been a huge seller. And, mm. and way back you when mean Tundra? Tundra? Tundra, thank you. Yeah, yeah, the big Tundra. But two generations ago, they had big plans to sell like 400,000 of these and almost immediately realized that that wasn't going to happen. Closed one of the plants, decided to just build them in Texas. And, and the rest is history. And they've been selling really well, pretty much at sticker price, because they don't do that much to promote this truck. They want to take all the money they can from Toyota loyalists and not really go head to head with the... Uh, with the other trucks, but they used to offer a V6 base engine, but that disappeared a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So question for you guys, mm. thumbs up or thumbs down on the <laughs> really in your face exterior styling? Oh. <laughs> can I give it a sideways thumb? Yeah, can sure. I thumb indifferent? Because, yes, okay. because here's the thing, they've done some great stuff. So I, I happen to see a shell of the Tundra in person um, back in June. And, and I walked around and I thought that it looked good. The grill, the grill is, is a little bit, I mean, the, so I standing next to the grill, it is as tall as I am, by the way, like my forehead hit the top <laughs> of that grill and I'm five <laughs> feet tall. So it is, it, and I was looking at the TRD version. So it is a big honking grill. And, um, so I'm just I, I'm I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. But the interesting thing that um, Toyota did is they basically based their grills off of trim lines. So each grill is different. And the TRD Pro grill is definitely a little bit, rawr, you know, in your face. But if you look at either the Platinum it's, it's or yeah, rawr, okay. Platinum or Limited trims, like those, I think, are a little bit more accessible and doable and not in your face. So. Mm. Um, About but, that yeah. grill, I I don't understand the Toyota letters in the grill. They look they look like they look like mailbox letters that you buy at Home Depot. It's a very strange. Up by the logo. logo. Yeah, well, it doesn't yeah. look like a logo. It's just the word Toyota. Uh, I'm trying to. Oh, okay, because yeah, again, the grills are different based on trim, and they did some really weird stamping things in the grill, like with TRD or the you know Toy, Toy, Tundra, like on the lower part of the grill and. I, I, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm still wrapping my mind around it and have a sideways, um, you know, I, I, I'll ask me like in a couple of months, mm -hmm. especially after I see it in person again. Yeah, I'm just I'm reminded I'm reminded of what a Lexus several years ago when Lexus first came out with that very aggressive uh, what 
they call it, uh, I can't remember what they're calling it for. Spindle grill. Some yeah. people call it a predator grill <laughs> based on the alien in the movies. But yeah. I remember uh, uh, Lexus PR representatives explaining their philosophy there. Mm-hmm. And it was that they want to have styling that creates a conversation. <laughs> and that's very oh, much what this what this tundra is. And whether you like it or hate it is almost uh, beside the point. It's just you need to be seen and you need to be out there. And that strategy seems to be working for them because it is proliferating. Yeah, yeah. and not just so with you Toyota to say either. Something about the infotainment system. Yeah, you know, I mean, so we're talking about these big changes with the grill. And, I mean, this is the third generation. This is an all-new vehicle, new suspension, new engines, new, 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 new. Well, the interior is also really new. And probably the coolest thing, I think, and I'm a bit of a tech geek, is going to be the infotainment system that they are putting on this. So um, Lexus created, like, so this this system is basically the same you're going to find in Lexus, like the, the NX. And it's the, the, in Lexus, they're calling it the interface. Um, I can't remember exactly what they're calling it here, but this is the same system you're going to see in the Lexus vehicle. And it has wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It has an available 14-inch um, screen. It's touchscreen. It's pinch. It's zoom. Like, everything I hated about the Toyota system previously, like the bad graphics, the bad menu items, the small screen, it is all gone. Well, the so, old system was old. Oh, the old system was really old. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, there's, I, I mean, I'm feeling very, like I said, wishy-washy about this truck in general, but I am excited about this infotainment system. The really cool thing is it is going to roll into all of the other Toyotas. And, and it's just debuting here. And I, I had the chance to play around with the system in the Lexus last week, and or this week, what day is it? <laughs> but had the chance to play around with it there. And I mean, that is a wow feature. Hmm. Well, you know, the other wow feature we didn't talk about is the move to a coil spring rear suspension like the Ram. But we are flat out of time, so no more uh, Tundra talk for right now. (laughs) We're going to take a break. When we come back, we talk to James Bell of Kia. Stick around. Hey, it's Tom. Did you know that with Electrify America's vast electric vehicle charging network, you can now drive your EV from coast to coast? And with their ultra-fast charging stations, you'll get back on the road even faster. With more than 650 convenient locations nationwide, just pick your destination and hit the road. Visit electrifyamerica.com and see how Electrify America is bringing freedom to EV drivers. That's electrifyamerica.com. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and I'm darn glad you stuck around today. Hey, this is the part of the show when I strongly recommend that you follow me on Twitter. I am Car Guy Tom. That is car underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. I promise to be entertaining. All right. He is the head of corporate communications at Kia America, and we're darn happy to have him with us today. Welcome to the show, James Bell. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's like I'm hanging out with friends. This is perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, as Damon was noting uh, between uh, between uh, segments of the show, you used to be one of us, but now you're big time. <laughs> well, you, you switched listen. to the dark side. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I listen in my heart. I'm still one of you guys, and and to be fair, a lot of the way I've been able to find some success in this business is because of knowing you guys and and knowing how you look at things and what's important to you and so forth. So, um, yeah, I, I might be uh, you know have a Kia brand on my shirt, but I'm I'm one of you all. And I, I appreciate you giving me some credit for your success. Oh, yeah. Well, I was actually talking to Joe and Damon, but that's okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> we'll include you in the conversation, Tom. Oh, man. So Kia made a little bit of news at the, at the Emmys this past week. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is pretty exciting, actually. Uh, so we've been doing, uh, on a global basis, a kind of a brand relaunch. It came to the place where we've recognized, again, on a global basis, but also especially here in North America, that what Kia was and represented to people has moved on. Those, uh, the impressions, and, and what I love working at, uh, what I love working about here at Kia is that we were very candid and honest with where we came from. Uh, in the U.S., the company sold inexpensive, uh, high value, but not very appealing or beautiful to look at vehicles, and and made a fine business for itself there. For I mean, gosh, we're in our, going into our 27th year now. But going back about 12 years ago or so, the company flipped a switch, and that's what I do love working uh, about working here. That when the company decides to do something. It, it's it's full steam ahead. There's no no reluctance, and if and if you are amongst the reluctant, you won't be working here very long. And I do enjoy that. And and so what they they flipped that switch and they uh, brought in some of the best designers uh, in the world. You know the type that will be in the future design hall of fame kind of kind of folks like Peter Schreier and others. Uh, brought in some of the best engineers. Uh, Albert Bierman, who his first vehicle uh, for the larger Hyundai Motor Group team was the uh, was the Kia Stinger. So he's got a real soft spot and a great skill being the uh, previous chief engineer for BMW's M division uh, to, to bring that dynamic to the drive experience. So you make the car look great. You make the vehicle handle and be uh, athletic and coordinated. Now let's start working on this brand because what we're doing is producing vehicles that are different than most expectations. So jump ahead then to last Sunday. At the Emmys, we're really excited to announce this new um, kind of national brand uh, strategy or, or imagery. Uh, and we thought the Emmys were a perfect place to do it because it's really connected to our new tagline, which is movement that inspires. And what we wanted to do was just kind of highlight for people how, uh, you know, uh, award events like the Emmys, the Oscars, the Grammys, etc. What you're really doing is you're saying, let's stop and recognize those that have shown great energy, passion, um, creativity, those that have really helped kind of move our culture in our, in our general society in a hopefully a positive and slightly different direction. And then let's also take this moment to, to inspire the next wave of people to be a part of that, of that creativity and that wave of change, uh, you know, through more artistic means. And, and so that's what the, the, the campaign that we launched there, and as the centerpiece of, the, of this new campaign, is the EV6, which is, of course, our, uh, our all-new electric vehicle that we're excited to uh, launch to um, our dealer network uh, later this year. The, the EV6 snuck up on me a little bit. James, because I knew it was there. I've seen it. And, and frankly, I'm just going to be honest here. I think it's gorgeous. That's a great look. Mm. Damon and I have talked yeah. a lot about, about whether or not EVs should look like EVs. And I don't know if this looks like an EV, but it's a great look. But that vehicle is coming out soon. The EV6 is due out in January, correct? 
Uh, yeah, we expect to. Well, we're we're having some uh, phone calls and meetings with Mr. Santa Claus. We're really hoping to get uh, some early production out and get them out before the end of the year. But I think it's likely going to be something right at the uh, start of 2022. And in fact, um, in the middle of uh, this coming month of October, I think the 11th or 12th, there will be a new website available or, or portion of Kia.com, I should say, for registering uh, to be amongst the first owners of that vehicle. So, yeah, it's it's coming on quick. What I think, you talk about the looks of it. And, again, you know, you've got to bend the sheet metal when you make a car. So what Kia learned, again, 10, 12 years ago is, is bend it good. And what I think <laughs> is neat about this car is is that it's um, – uh, that was a very courteous laugh. Thank you very much. Uh, no, no, I'm writing down bend it good. <laughs> bend it good. Well, all right. I'll, I'll take credit for that one. Um, <laughs> it, it has a real look that is – it's one of those great, and we're all car nuts here. So I, you know, I'll just speak to the to the three, four of us here for a moment. Yeah. When you when you see a concept car, and you think, wow, that'd be so cool if they really made that, and then it comes around to the production version, and you go, oh, well, yeah, okay, it kind of has a headlight like the concept car, mm-hmm. kind of has a you know a wheel arch or some some element, but it kind of loses some of its it's snap and that's what i love about the ev6 it looks like a concept car come to life and i say that from now spending some time with it seeing it on public roads having a chance to drive it and park it next to a a 10 year old camry or a a chevy tahoe and just see how it really advances the game but does it in a very in a very comfortable way it's not too shocking but it's definitely new and and unique so yeah we're, we're pretty excited about it the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, oh, go ahead, the other thing, yeah, in, in talking about how sleek and sexy it is, that that EV architecture frees up some uh, structural yeah. things. And, and I think the point should be made, it's fantastic looking, but it's also quite practical as well. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing, you know, like the Mustang Mach-E, the, uh, there's, a, there's room in the back there. You can fit people in the rear seats. Yeah. And the EV6 has that same... Uh, mission in a lot of ways that uh, there's lots of cargo space there's no uh, the, the because of the battery down low there's no drive shaft hump so it's a flat mm-hmm. floor so there's some practicality there as well yeah you know you raise a great point Damon uh, and you just made your namesake Mr. Bell proud so thank you I appreciate that <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, we we honestly struggled a little bit internally when we first saw the car to to say what is it is exactly because it has the driving dynamic and the and the road presence and design element that kind of harkens to our Stinger. You know, it, it's got that. If it, 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 it kind of looks like a, if you took a Stinger and attached a, a you know a hose of helium to it and just kind of puffed it up a little bit, but it, it's got that same kind of um, kind of stance and sensibility to it. But to Damon's point, because of the uh, uh, of the special you know skateboard type platform that all of our EVs are going to be running on, it does free up a ton of interior space. And and when you mm-hmm. put that uh, rear seats down and and load in, I mean it's it's just shocking what it can take. A lot you know along the lines a little bit of what a Stinger could do, but even more so. So yeah, it, it's kind of a um, it's a what it is is hard to say, but we we think people are going to like it, and, and that's the most important part. 
Well, in a lot of the interior cargo space that you're talking about, too, Mm -hmm. you've got, um, because, again, the lack of the the drivetrain components, you've got that floating center consoles, you know, area. And, you know, as a girl, I always like to point out, hey, that's a really great place underneath that, you know, right underneath where your gear shift is for you to put your purse. (laughs) So there's like a lot of cool and clever features like that, too. Yes, uh, and there's also hooks built into the back of the seats. So um, another and even cleaner possibly place to hang your purse or backpack right. or a fanny pack or whatever. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of interesting thought that went into it. And, and to all of your points, when you start with a, a fresh sheet of paper, uh, and, and I talked to Albert Behrman, our, our engineer, uh, as I mentioned earlier, about this. He said this has been such a dream project for him because he was able to, uh, you know, use his decades of, of suspension and handling and, and set up magic on a on a clean sheet of paper that isn't uh, automatically stuck with having a big, you know, heavy lump of metal on its nose that you could really just develop it all uniquely. And that, as you correctly point out, Jill, that also uh, can be reflected very easily then on the interior. So we, and, and the interior is so important to a car. We all get mm-hmm. kind of worked up on the, on the outside of it, but you know, the interior is where you, you, you establish and, and hopefully happily maintain a relationship. And, and so, um, and that's one of the places also, I think the Kia brand has done ex- incredibly well uh, in, in producing interiors that are simple to use. You know, high tech have the everything that people are looking for these days: the connectivity, the screens, the you name it. But then also you can get in it and start using it immediately, rather than having to read a encyclopedia to understand how exactly how to you know raise the fan speed or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, we're we're pretty proud of all that kind of stuff. And the EV6 will be a, yet another great example of it. So we're talking about an electric car here, so we have to ask the obvious electric car question, which is, James, how far will this thing go? It will go, well, uh, we'll have two versions at start, uh, one at about a 240, 250-mile range, and then another one a little over 300. We kind of feel that's that's where the bogey is, especially Uh then when you play into the fact that it has the um, automatic switchability between uh, 400 and 800 volt, excuse me, charging. So uh, on 800 volt, which we're going to start to see more and more of uh, on an investment scale, and if you've been paying attention to some of the things out of the, uh, the Biden administration lately, you know, there is a lot of discussion about uh, building out a, uh, a high-speed, uh, ultra-fast charging network across the country, which is going to be so important to, to really move in this game forward. But uh, uh, on the um, ultra-fast charging, it will hit about 80% of the battery's full range in about, uh, about 18, 17, 8 minutes, something like wow. that, which people seem to be pretty comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. so you have the 300-mile range vehicle. You know, you're now looking at 200-plus miles. Uh, more than that, 240 or something like that. I was never very good at math. That's why I'm a communicator like you guys. But they, uh, you know, so you do that in, in uh, say, 20 minutes. Uh, that gives you time to go in and get a cup of coffee, stretch mm-hmm. your legs a little bit, maybe, you know, you, uh, visit Mother Nature for a moment and, and have, uh, have, have and get yourself back on the road very comfortably. So we think that range. And the other part about it, Tom, which I think, and, and I know I'm, totally speaking to the choir here when you talk about ev range on uh and potential for you know range anxiety i I think that really requires or can be uh, often solved by taking some time and being honest with how you're using your car so the three of you right now where where are your cars parking that somewhere right yeah yeah they're doing nothing 
Yep. They're doing nothing. And how many miles are you all driving today? 36. Uh, <laughs> under 30. <laughs> Definitely under 30. Yeah, and I'm probably only going to be yeah. doing about 10. Okay. Okay, thank you. Just uh, This is a little clinic of uh, that just solved or <laughs> my point. People say, oh, I need, you know, and we, we saw Lucid announce, uh, you know, 520-mile range, I believe, which is fantastic, yeah. a technical marvel. I don't, I don't dispute that. But you're not doing that often, you know, and, and if you are right. deciding at the last minute to, to make a run to Grandma's house in, in Texas, well, we think that people are still going to have gasoline-powered cars to kind of sit as backup for that. Uh, we don't see EVs instantly replacing um, gasoline-powered. In fact, Kia is still going to be making a selection of very efficient gasoline-powered cars for some years, but it's, it's that transitional time that so in the normal, you know, 90% use case, an EV with 300-mile range is more than enough. And then for those times when you're going to see Grandma, well, then you can, you know, at worst case, you rent a car that will do that job for you. Or, better yet, we get this charging infrastructure and network out there that allows you to, to hit the road in your electric car. So it's it's on. The, the transition's on. It will, you know, it's going to have its bumps along the way. But I, I was speaking to somebody last night, and I said that, you know, when the history books are written, when they talk about the year 2021 and 2022, say, 50 years from now, they're all going to kind of smile and say, wow, that, that's when it happened. That's when that's mm-hmm. when the the, uh, the switch was flipped. And uh, and for anybody that is, you know, quoted as saying the CV thing's not going to work, I have a sneaking suspicion they'll be kind of smiled and laughed at. <laughs> so a, a key, uh, you mentioned transition, and I want to talk about a key, what I think is a key part of that, and that is the rise of the hot rod, uh, hot rod EV, and mm-hmm. the, the EV6 is yeah. going to have one of those. Uh, can you just talk a bit about that GT version, and also <laughs> just give us a quick overview, because you've got quite a, a range in horsepower ratings and, and powertrain configurations on this, so let's talk about that yep. 576 horsepower one first, though. Oh, I've been sitting here on my edge of my seat waiting for you to ask about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's the other thing about electric vehicles. I think that there's a, an automatic uh, stigma, might be too strong a word, or, or just perception that, uh, and this comes from, you know, people's maybe exposure to them. When, when the first wave of electric vehicles came out and they were in the 80 to 100 mile range, they weren't super fun to drive. They were much mm-hmm. more, uh, you know, appliance type vehicles rare use, uh, commuter type vehicles, uh, a bit of a compromise there, I guess you could say. But what electric vehicles allows you to do, especially with the new power dense um, battery systems that we're able to, to use, it allows you to really kind of maximize that, that insane amount of torque that is available with electric cars. And just, you know, for anybody listening, for the gasoline powered car, it has to build up its revs, has to get the right. power band in its space to create the torque, which then pushes the car forward. But, of course, with an electric car, there's no engine to warm up or rev up, if you will. It's just, again, it's the flipping the proverbial light switch, and the power is there. And it's just a matter of building the momentum to get it going as fast as possible. So when you start looking at, um, you know, some of the electric supercars that have already we've seen, you know, 0 to 60 in, well, what is it? The, the Tesla Plaid is, what, what uh, 1.95 or something like that, 0 to 60? Yeah. It's just yeah, it's, it's madness. 
So, you know, you, you really get into um, ability to do some cars that are exceptionally fun to drive and, and maybe in certain hands even a little dangerous. And so <laughs> we are going to uh, get ourselves in that space a little bit with the GT version of the EV6, as, as was mentioned. Uh, it's still um, uh, several months out, uh, so I can't uh, promise you'll be able to see it this Christmas. But it's going to be, uh, well, we are, we're positioning it at 0 to 60 in about three and a half. But my time at, uh, at, in Kia now tells me that we usually come to those numbers very conservatively at the start. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be even quicker. And, and uh, knowing Albert Bierman, I know he's going to want to get every last little quarter second out of that thing. <laughs> This makes me laugh. At Thanksgiving, I had a conversation with my sister-in-law who uh, desperately wanted to buy an electric vehicle but, but wasn't going to get one because they're slow. Oh. Right. <laughs> Precisely. So tell that us again, is, if Santa uh, is good. those perception games. I'm sorry, yeah. Santa. James, tell us again, if Santa is good to us, when will we see our first EV6s on the road? Uh, by January. Um, I think uh, well, start of sales has already begun for uh, the rest of the world. Uh, already started deliveries in Korea and um, very closely going to be followed by Europe. And then we're the last major market. In fact, we're, it's kind of an interesting time inside the halls of Kia right now because we're getting a lot of phone calls and notes from Korea saying, we need to know how many of these things you want because we're basically <laughs> selling out of our stock in Europe and, and Asia. And we, to which we say, well, we don't know yet. To which they say, well, you need to tell us. So it's this fantastic <laughs> little uh, problem in a funny way. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're trying to put those projections together. And, and again, uh, very hopeful and expectant that it'll be uh, by early January in dealers' uh, showrooms ready to go. And the GT is going to be available right away? No, the GT will be uh, later in 22. Don't know exactly when, but uh, okay. probably more towards the middle of 22. Well, James, it was a delight having you on the show. I hope we can coax you to join us again. Well, what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> Sadly, we're not recording an episode tomorrow, but if you want to clink glasses, we can do that. So, uh, that sounds good, or I'll just sit and pretend I'm talking to you guys because it's fun. But no, uh, thank you. My pleasure to be here. And, um, you know, uh, as we get a little closer to the early on the show, we're going to have some pretty interesting things to talk about. So why don't we do this again soon? Sounds good. He is James Bell, and he is with Kia, talking about the all-new Kia EV6 electric vehicle. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's quiz time. Stick around. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and I want to thank you for sticking around today. Hey, Jill. Hey, yeah. How can folks keep track of your social media activity? Uh, well, you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jill Simonello. So just uh, my, my full name all just smooshed together. And um, I also use the hashtag Cartajour a lot. So because I'm talking about the cars that I'm driving today. So, Carter Jordan, Jill Simonello. Do you run some sort of points program for people who follow you on all those platforms? I do. I can't tell you what you win, but uh, yeah, the, it, you, you, it kind of like multiplies um, the, the more places you follow me and talk to me, because uh, I do talk back, uh, the, the more um, points you earn. And, and the more comments, you earn points that way too. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. 
right. Damon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I started to say something. I amused myself, and I thought, inappropriate. So I, I, just, <laughs> I, I just have to gloss over this weird, awkward spot. Yeah, yeah. Just I, just thought, I just thought it was funny that Jill says, says she talks back. I do talk back. <laughs> There's going to be some back talk there. I'm a little bit sassy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, well, Damon's got sass. And speaking of sass, Damon, you're still on AOL. Tell us about it. <laughs> Uh, the you've got mail thing. Does anyone is the AOL still in? A- so fun fact, <laughs> AOL was my very first email address, and I still uh-huh. have it. Do you have one? Remember when those CDs used everybody yeah. used to get like five it, of those CDs in the mail? It's all web based now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I do yep. still have an AOL email address. Yes, I don't. Never did, but I am on Twitter at Damon Bell likes cars. The thing I remember about AOL was the discussion groups and they were really structured and most of them were created by AOL although there was some ability for members AOL members to structure their own groups or create their own groups but there were always car guy groups that that were just filled with 14 year old boys pretending that they had Mustangs (laughs) and and (laughs) there was never any conversation in those groups worth knowing about I remember some kid emphatically demanding that people believe that his Ram truck had a 450, whatever a 450 is. <laughs> All right, but I digress. Lots of digression today. It is quiz time, and I hope you guys are ready. Today's topic is the Toyota Highlander versus Tony Randall. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Tony, Tony I, I actually know who Tony Randall is. As you should. Kind of. The yeah. love star of stage and screen, and perhaps the actor behind the greatest ever sitcom character, Felix Unger. Yes, and I know the what love. show that is. What show? I said I know what show that was. I, and I asked what show? Oh, The Odd Couple. Yes. All yeah. right, Damon, you go first this week. Damon, which of the following statements is true? The Highlander boasts a 17.9-gallon fuel tank, or Tony Randall's real name is Horace Berger? Hmm. I think I'm going to go with the the 17.9 fuel tank. All right. But you're Joe saying which you're saying which is the true statement, right? Which is true. Okay. Yeah. Joe, this question goes to you. Which is true? Highlander 17.9 gallon fuel tank. Tony Randall's real name is Horace Berger. I really feel like the Highlander fuel tank should be bigger than 17.9. I could, I, I'm probably wrong, um, but I know also actors of that era like to have stage names. Yeah. The question no. is whether or not it was Horace Berger. I do know Cary Grant's stage name was Archibald Leach, so not Horace Berger. No, um, you, mean his, you mean his real name? Yes, yes, his real name okay. was Archibald Leach, not his, his yeah. stage name was Cary Grant. Um, but, no, but uh, now I'm that gonna, I think, go ahead, No, Joe. you can't change it. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with to. Horace Berger. I don't know if I'm right or not. Now that I think of it, Tony Randall definitely has a stage name feel to it, but I'm, I'm sticking with my first answer. All right, Tony Randall's real name was Anthony Leonard Randall. Oh. oh. Damon gets the first point. The Highlander yeah. does indeed have a 17.9-gallon fuel tank. Damon is on oh. the board with one. All right. Next question goes to Jill. Jill, the Highlander starts at, including destination charge, $32,890, or Tony Randall has a son named Jefferson. Which of those statements is true? Ah, 
just because I know who Tony Randall is doesn't mean I know anything about him. Um, I'm going to say... I'm gonna, uh, you said the Highlander, say that again. Uh, base price, $32,890, including destination charge. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. All right, Damon, this question goes to you, $32,890 or son named Jefferson? Hmm, that sounds like a plausible base price for the Highlander. I don't, I know, I'm almost certain Tony Randall had uh, fathered a child when he was like in his 90s or something. Yes. Um, but I can't remember if that was a boy and I don't know what his name is. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to agree with Jill. So you're both saying which? The price. Yes. All right. Unfortunately, the real Highlander base price is 36300 Tony Randall does have a son named Randall and a daughter named Julia. The score remains one Damon Jill nothing. We go Wait, to Damon for question a, three. A son named Randall or a son named Jefferson? Jefferson, sorry, Jefferson. Okay. Yeah. okay. Damon, which of the following statements is true? Highlander is offered in a mid-level ES trim level, or Tony Randall starred in the 1959 com- romantic comedy Pillow Talk? Hmm. I'm going to say the Pillow Talk is the true statement. All right. Jill, this question goes to you. Highlander offered in a mid-level ES trim level, or Tony Randall starred in the 1959 romantic comedy Pillow Talk? I'm going to go with Pillow Talk as well, and I feel like, and I'm probably really wrong about this, but I feel like, wasn't Doris Day in that too? Uh, wow, but that's Jill, what I'm you're going correct. With. Doris Day and Rock Hudson, yes. you both. Rock Hudson, but not Tony Randall. Okay. Or was Tony Randall in it, too? Okay, good. Then we're both right. For a fluffy romantic comedy, uh, Pillow Talk's actually pretty funny. Hmm. All right, the score is two to one. This is anyone's game. The next question goes to Jill. Jill, which of the following statements is true? Toyota sold about 175,000 Highlanders in 2020, or Tony Randall was born in 1920? Dang. Um, And and the sales numbers, I have no clue. I mean, 175,000 seems about right, maybe? Um, I'm going to go with 1920. Go with 1920. Damon, this question goes to you. 175 Highlanders sold in 2020, or Tony Randall was born in 1920? Wow, that's 100 years apart. Hmm. I just I realized. You said, say it again. Tony Randall oh, was born in 1920. Highlander yeah. in, uh, sales in 2020. Yes. I didn't even realize that's a century. <laughs> but that says something else about you. But let me see. I I can't remember when Tony Randall passed away. Again, I know he lived very long, and I I know he was a dad very late in life. Uh I'm wondering if the Highlander might have done a little bit better. Jill, did you say the 1920? Yeah, I did. I, th- I think I'm going to agree with Jill. You're both correct. Tony Randall was born on February 26th of 1920. The Highlander did 2012 units. 212,000 units, I'm sorry. In okay. 2020, which was a crummy year for everybody. Yeah. All right, the score is now 3-2. to two. 
Jill, I should get a bonus to... point for Doris Day. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a half point if it matters. All right, David. <laughs> Which of the following statements is true? The Highlander is available in a color called Ruby Flare Pearl, or Tony Randall voiced Pickles the Rat in the 1983 Universal release, Duke the Butler. Duke the Butler? <laughs> 1983. <laughs> 1983. If you would have said The Secret of Nim, that would have been plausible. 1983, right? Yeah. I think that maybe when Secret of Nim came out was maybe 83. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say the Ruby Flare Pearl statement is the true one. All right. Ruby Flare Pearl, Jill, or the voice of Pickles? I'm sorry, Prickles the Rat. In the <laughs> Come on. Did Prickles or Pickles? Because that's going to make a difference. Yeah. It's Prickles the Rat. Yeah. I but think he said Pickles the first time. I, I think he did, too. But, but I'm definitely going to say the Ruby Flare Red because you can't keep your lie straight. <laughs> well, you guys are on to me. There was no Duke the Butler. <laughs> Uh, but Damon wins four to three. But we go to the bonus question because that's what we do. Uh, this question goes to Jill first. Jill, established in 1956, the Lums restaurant chain at one time boasted as many as 273 locations nationwide, including one in Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. The casual dining chain pretty much collapsed by 1983, though a couple of locations still cling to life. One was in Schaumburg, and I went there as a kid. Jill, which of the following items was not featured on the Lums menu in 1983? Are you ready? Yeah. Lums famous hot dog, which was steamed in beer, Belgian quesadillas, smoked salmon benedict, or a side of potato salad? That's Lums. Okay, okay so first I want to say, when you said Lums, I thought you said llamas, and I'm like, who would have a fast food <laughs> restaurant named after llamas? Because that would just, I mean, then what are you eating, llamas? But, um, okay, so you said the hot dog in beer. What were the middle two? You have the Lums Famous Hot Dog, steamed mm -hmm. beer. The Belgian quesadillas, the smoked salmon benedict, or a side of potato salad. Why did I ever go to this restaurant? Uh, I'm going to go with the smoked salmon benedict, because that doesn't sound very fast foody to me. All right. Well, I never said it was a fast food restaurant. Oh, I thought you did. No. Okay, you said, what did we, casual? Did I say? I don't know, I thought you did say something. It was in the Caesar's casual, Palace. I said casual dining chain. Okay, casual dining chain. I'm still going with the, because salmon and Benedict, like that's a, that's a, like a, an early aughts concoction in my mind. <laughs> All right, Damon, this question goes to you. Uh, the Lums Famous Hot Dog, the Belgian Quesadillas, the Smoked Salmon Benedict, or a side of potato salad? Is it L-U-M? I've never heard of this restaurant mm -mm. before. Yeah, Lums, L-U-M apostrophe S. Uh, is it kind of like at a Perkins or like Howard Johnson's yeah. level? Yeah. Okay. And when did you say it, it went belly up? By 83. Okay. I'm going to say the Belgian quesadilla because that I don't see how that can be any sort of fusion. And if it was gone by 83, I don't think quesadillas were on any American diner's radar back then. Damon, you're like Colombo. The Belgian quesadillas are indeed the fact. <laughs> the fake. All right, Lums. Let's pour one out Lums. for a fast food chain. Or, I'm sorry, casual dining chain that no one remembers. Oh, now no. I need to look that up. Hmm. All right. I got a hold of a 1983 menu. That's what we're working from here. Uh, 
I'm pretty Online, sure you're the only one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Online or physically, I think you're the only person that has sought out a Lums menu in the last 30 years. <laughs> Speaking of casual dining restaurants, Damon, what's going on at the CG Daily Drive blog this week? <laughs> nice segue. Uh, yeah, we've, got, we've got our normal roster of good stuff. We've got obviously a first look of the toyota tundra that we talked about in the first segment so you can see pictures of that uh, intense uh, grill treatment and all-around body styling uh tom you did an article on a very curious chinese market tiny tiny SUV. Uh, i keep saying suv when i mean to say ev um there's a general motors subsidiary in china Wuling, and they make the Hongguang Mini EV, which if you if you think a smart for two is too substantial a car, you can check out the, <laughs> the Mini EV. <laughs> the thing that I still can't figure out, and I've looked at these pictures, it's this tiny kind of golf cart-ish looking thing, but it has four seats. And what? I can't imagine, it has a back seat that I can't imagine any normal sized person fitting into. It looks a little bit like the Scion XB and the Scion IQ had a baby. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it, yeah. yes. It Boxy. Really yeah. Boxy but petite. Right. And the, uh, the, the, cabrio, uh, the cabrio version, a convertible version, actually kind of looks cool in a very cartoonish way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, finally, we've got uh, a test drive review of the all-new redesigned 2022 Honda Civic. And we've got a head-to-head -head comparo of two muscle Mustangs. That's the 2021 Ford Mustang Mach 1 versus the Shelby GT500. Yeah, that's a fun piece. Really good back-to-back side-by-side art and it's interesting to note how different these cars are you would think mm -hmm. that like the front clips might be similar and they are not in any no. way in fact the fenders are slightly different yeah the 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 gt500 is more different from the rest of the mustang lineup style wise than you would expect but i guess it maybe should be considering that <laughs> i think on average it cost about 20 grand more than the next uh fanciest mustang yeah, so that's a great piece of uh, great piece of reading there. It's a it's a feast for the eyes, really. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the 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 twenty twenty two Civic, great vehicle uh, as expected. Some people were kind of mad on the styling, but I, I it really grew oh, on okay. me. I like it much more in person it comes off much better in person than it does in photos and just the i appreciate that the civic maintains that athletic driving feel and it did not become suv-ish at all in the redesign i agree guess what we did guys oh, up against the clock again we're at completely out of time <laughs> but uh but that's okay. That's a show. Looking ahead, next week we're joined by John McElroy of Detroit Autoline. You don't want to miss that show. Big thanks to today, today to James Bell of Kia. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Damon. Thanks to producer Lady B and the good folks here at WCPT AM 820 in Chicago. A shout out to my friends Steve and Johnny. And, and this is important, if you want to be added to the Car Stuff mailing list, and you completely do, drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That is Car Stuff at consumerguide.com. 
All right, let's talk more about cars again next week.